0: You know, and sometimes, you know, I, I look at it like I was pissed. I was so pissed. You know, a lot of times we get mad because things don't work out in our favor or how we expected them to work out. But sometimes that monkey wrench that, that, that most high is throwing in your in your in your path is to steer you away from what you've been doing, what you're comfortable with. To something that's uncomfortable, but it's what you are called to do.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Walt, and I'm the host of Boss Locks, a show where we are redefining professionalism, elevating Black voices, and proving that natural hair and professionalism do coexist. Now, we do this by speaking to Black leaders, CEOs, professionals, and just some really dope people who are making an impact, and we. Our whole goal is really just to dive into their Black experience in the workplace, really truly learn what it was like for them working while Black, as well as learning about their personal and natural hair journey. Now, for those who do not know, I'm speaking to Angie Skye, who is an incredible person, but you know, Angie, I'm just really excited to have you on today. Um... And just really learn about everything you have going on, what you've been through and all of that. So, Juan, thank you for coming on today. How are you doing?
0: I am wonderful. Thank you for inviting me to be on your show. This is super awesome.
1: (laughs) Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Yes. And what's really cool about right now, we're still early on. And so like when I start to have people on, they're usually like the first. And we've had a lactation on, but you were the first salon owner that we've spoken to and for those who don't know like this isn't just any regular salon like i really like your about and everything like i saw that you guys are a company that truly believes that locks and natural hair can be healthy and fashionable and you specifically say it should be healthy and fashionable and exist in schools corporate america and small businesses and that's what we're all about man so yeah
0: absolutely yeah so my salon is um in downtown atlanta Mm -hmm. um I'm in, like, the old 4th Ward area. Um, I've been in this location for uh, seven, going on eight years now. Um, so I actually own the building. So my <laughs> past <laughs> was uh, super difficult.
1: That is – that is well, okay, quick round of applause for that. That's what's up. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. And that actually um, – so I'm going to count that as one. But one way I always like to start the show off is by asking, like, how, like what are the three things that most people don't know about you? And that one right there, that's why I didn't know. I knew you own this salon, but on the building itself, that is really huge. So yeah. I want to yeah. dive into that. But I'm just wondering, like, are there like two other things that people don't usually know about you?
0: Mm, don't know about me. Um, I love to dance. Oh, yeah. Um, and I am a vegetarian slash pescatarian. Okay, what? <laughs> so, like, I eat like seafood on the weekend, but all during the week, I'm vegetarian. So.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like how you space it out. Like, okay, Saturday, Sunday, mm, this is me. <laughs> like, yeah, no yeah. seafood. That's what's up. That's what's up. So that's really cool. So, owning a salon, man, what, what does that feel like to actually own the salon in
0: the building itself? Um, it was a huge accomplishment. Um, I, I literally got discouraged um, a couple of times going through the process because they literally checked every penny of my income and it took me four months to close. So, wow. it was very tedious and I literally had conversations with some of my friends and, you know, after the fact they were like, Oh yeah, you know, buying property as a business owner, it's tedious. And I'm like, well, you could have let a sister know (laughs) what I needed, you know? So, you know, but, um, I think it's dope. It gives me, so I have a whole private space for my clients. Um, So they're not walking past other stylists. So it's not like a salon suite of any sort. Um, They literally come into the salon and they sit down and we get started and go from there. So I I love the fact that it's just me in the space. So being COVID friendly. Um, I sanitize before and after each client and each client gets a new um, robe that they put on um, and new linens. So I don't use the same linens on um, people. You know, they're all getting washed um, per person, whatnot. So. Mm -hmm. okay, that's what the changes that I had to make during I won't say changes that I had to make, but. Um, normally when you're in a salon, most of the time the capes, you're only using, you're using them, you know, several times before you wash it, you know, mm-hmm. you might have wash it for, for a week or so, um, right. have the towel around to keep, um, it from touching the skin of a, of a, of a client. Um, but what I just decided to do is I just bought more robes and, um, I cleanse them on a daily basis. So everybody fresh clean linens
1: <laughs> okay well that's that's what's up that's what's up. Yeah. see now you have a whole like almost like a luxurious experience like oh yes this is freshly washed for
0: mm-hmm. you absolutely absolutely so do you have cucumber water for them no I don't but I do have wine
1: you do oh well even better <laughs> actually I never had cucumber water I just always like that's what I think of a luxury but wine, I think I that know. might that might be more pleasing to everybody <laughs> <laughs>
0: I do offer wine. I am actually um getting a subscription with a Black owned wine company so oh, that really? I offer new experience of wine tasting while they're getting their locks done.
1: By hey. a Black owned salon and building drinking Black owned wine. That's what's up.
0: Yeah, yeah, all black
1: everything. That's really cool. All black everything. <laughs> That's really cool. So, interesting. So it sounds like I mean the it sounds like the technical size of pivoting for COVID seemed like a pretty kind of easy shift. You just kind of buy more, and just make sure the experience is nice and clean for everyone. But how has that experience been going from, you know, just operating as usual to pandemic time, and now it's like no one knows what's going on all, at all. And if people are coming in, they might just come in like, oh, "Are you sure?" Like, what what has this whole year been like for you? Stressful. Yeah,
0: very stressful. Um, so I had to. Analyze my competition and what were they doing and how can I stand out above what my competition is doing? And so, you know, you have a lot of people that focus on um, how the the hairstyle looks, but a, a lot of them don't focus on the hair, the health of the hair. Um, I've seen, I won't say a lot of them, but some of them don't focus on the health of the hair. So they're, they're not using quality products. Um, and they're, they're not spacing the time periods between clients far enough so that now you have, they're like what they call stacking clients. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. So what I do is, um, when clients book an appointment, their time is their time. So they have one on one, private appointment with just me in a salon space where they can either watch TV, listen to music, um, go to sleep, uh, you know, whatever it is that they want. If they want to read a book or work, I have free Wi-Fi. So I do have some clients that take like conference calls, um, Zoom calls while they're in the chair. And, you know, they have the, the environment to do so. So it's not loud and you don't hear a lot of background noise. So yeah, I just absolutely. try to provide an experience that is different than what a typical salon experience is going to be.
1: That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So you've actually had people like on a Zoom call while getting their hair done?
0: Mm-hmm. With, like the camera yeah. on? Some of them have um, the camera off because they're getting their hair done. Right. So, but when they have to turn on the camera, then I just kind of step to the side. <laughs>
1: okay. You know, you could always make an appearance like, "Yo, stop by Scott's love, we here." <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. So, um that's interesting. Well, one, congratulations on being able to, uh, you know, continue doing what you do during these times. I think um 2020 is kind of filled with a lot of different wins and losses. So it's always great to hear when people are still able to continue doing what they love. So definitely want to congratulate you on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering, so what have you learned, I guess, from this period of time? Cause I always like to look at losses more so as lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you can kind of learn from everything. So, I think, uh, and it might, it might've been actually just changing the way you do interact with customers, but I'd like to really hear about um, what, I guess, like mental shifts you might have had to make in regards to the preparation and everything and just really kind of dig deep. Like, what,
0: what
1: <laughs> have you learned from
0: everything well, here? Me personally, I believe in inner work and yeah. and that's period for everybody, everybody needs to do some inner work. So during this whole COVID shutdown, I remember taking my last client. I think it was March 14th, was the last day that I took a client. Um so, you know, at first I was like, vacation, <laughs> you know, staycation. Right. But um You know, so that first week I was like, all right, yes, I'm able to catch up on rest, you know, kind of lounged around the house, was chilling. Mm -hmm. And then second week I was like, I don't have any clients. Like, what's my next move? Like, I need to, I literally started thinking, I need to have a second stream of income. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can't do here, what is my second stream of income? And I... COVID, and I'm being real honest right now, like, uh, (laughs) but COVID allowed me to realize that you have to diversify. You have to have multiple streams of income because if one shuts down, you got to have something else coming in. So this, this COVID pandemic shutdown allowed me to dig within self to figure out, what is it that I would want to do that I have a passion for that I can offer to, you know, either my clients or just people online or people, period. And um, I even hired a counselor or a therapist to help me figure that out because I was lost. Like, I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know. Um, and it was it was it was a very, very uncomfortable feeling. It was very disturbing. I felt lost Um, and I was just like, what have I done with my life? Because all this time I've been working, 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 and I haven't had the time to sit down and put things together um, in order to, to bring in a second stream of income. Um, you know, so now I had that time to kind of sit down and figure out what it is that I need. And I realized I need a team. Like I need help. Like I've been doing, I've been doing locks for about 13 years and, um, I've been, uh, I've been locked for about 12 years. So, you know, I've been doing this for so long that it's like second nature to me. Like I don't even have to think about it. So I was like, wow, like, okay, well, I I didn't have the time to sit down and say, really put things together, align myself with certain people, you know, to do these other things that I had written down, but I just didn't have the time to to put into making those things happen. So during the COVID um, pandemic crisis or whatever, um, it allowed me time to deep, dig deep into myself and figure out what do I need to do on my end um, to get my mind right uh, so that I can be better than my best at any given moment, which will allow me to give and be what I need to be for others that need my help or those that are seeking to work with me.
1: Right. That's really cool. What what a transition. What a journey.
0: Man, Man. <laughs> it was definitely a journey.
1: Wow. So, and, and that's really interesting, the kind of understanding that you may need some help. Um, I feel like so you, you mentioned you've been doing this for 13 years. Um, throughout that whole period, have you been doing this solo? Wow. Solo. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, well... Congratulations. Once again, that's pretty awesome. 13 <laughs> years straight, what? <laughs> Man. So, um, do you feel ready to actually start having other people join you?
0: I think I do. I, I am. Um, mainly be, I will say, I think, because, um, I know what I'm looking for. Uh, like the people that I'm looking for, people that are open-minded that are willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and have a zest and a zeal for for healthy hair. Um, so like the projects that I I written down and have in place, you know, I just need I need like I said, I realized I needed a team, and I couldn't do it by myself. So I have things that are unfinished and um undone because again, I'm just one person. I don't have all the tools and, and necessary um, abilities and capabilities to do all those different tasks. Um, and so bringing someone else on, um, would definitely ease that, that, um, the the stress that I have of trying to run so many different things all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, but also with them coming aboard, um, I would teach them what I've learned over the years because I'm like what I see in in black business um, society is people hoard information like there's information out there in bits and pieces, but they don't really share it. And I get it. The game is to be sold, not told. But then there are some people out there that are really they really want it like they, they're, they're hungry for it, but they may not necessarily have the, the the finances to purchase, you know, because everybody has a, a course, everybody has um, some type of book or something, you know, and you, you, you spend money until a point was like, OK, well, I'm going to spend all this money and I still don't know what I'm doing. You know, right so sometimes you just need that mentor that'll say, hey, let me just walk you through this. You know, sometimes people need that, that, that helping hand to show you do this, you do this, you do that. A lot of people nowadays are more like, um, here's the information, you do what you do with it. If you succeed, great. If not, oh, well, not my problem, Mm -hmm. hands off, you know? So I feel like sometimes you have people that, that are hungry for it. But they need that hands-on approach that walk me through this um, process, and they'll get it, and then they take off.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I like to um, kind of grew up in different learning environments, but all of them were hands-on, and for me, I know that's always been the best way for me to learn. And you're right; there are plenty of courses out there. Really, like all the information you need is on the internet. Yeah, but there's something different between reading or watching a video versus that one-on-one just connection with someone and really just having someone lead you or guide you through mm-hmm. the whole process.
0: Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned something before about kind of like everyone has a course and kind of with the black businesses and just not wanting to just share all the information and everything. Um, and I always wondered this as well, but do you see like a lot of competition between different um, hair based businesses
0: in the hair industry um there is definitely a lot of competition um but also um there is uh I could do it myself mentality mm. so if one person comes out with a, a hair twisting gel um somebody else comes out with a hair twisting gel and, and somebody else and somebody else and there's there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like sometimes, you know, we as a society, the reason why black people, period, we don't prosper is because we don't we don't fully support one thing. Until we fully support one thing, we can't grow. We got to get behind something and and be like, okay, this is what we're going to use. We're going to use this product, you know, and everybody's buying that product. And then you have like maybe somebody who makes combs. And then we're all getting our combs from that person or so forth and so on. Like now we can all prosper. And then once we we are all getting our thing, now you can branch off and do your own thing. You know, I just I feel like, you know, um, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with you. I look at the example of um, the bread aisle During, Mm -hmm. during a pandemic or during a crisis. You know, there's all these different kinds of bread. You know, on the shelf at any given time, but during the pandemic, that whole bread aisle is clear, <laughs> gone. <laughs>
1: right.
0: You know, so you you do need you know competition in, in the in the industry as well. But at the same token, I feel like if we could all get on one accord, and especially in the lock community, um, you know, everybody has their own th- way of doing things, and that's fine. But it causes um, I can't think of the word like a dis, distension, I forget what it what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, where clients don't know who to trust because we don't have a foundation. We're not spewing the basics. Like there should be a basic set of information that is standard all the way around. And now, when 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 they keep when clients keep getting the same information, they're like, oh, "Okay, well, that's got to be the gospel. That's got to be the Bible," you know. Um, so I don't see that, especially in the lock community. Um, you know, there's so much information, and I find a lot of time, especially doing consultations, and when I get new clients that have gone to stylists that are in it for the money. I have to break down so many barriers. There's all of these, but what? But I thought if you do this, if you do that, um, you can't do this and you can't do that. I'm like, where are you getting this information from? And a lot of it is coming from, um, some is coming from stylists. Some are, are coming from these YouTube influencers, you know, who are not licensed. I have a whole license through the state of Georgia <laughs> that I update every, was it two, three years they have to update it to stay, you know, you have to take classes to stay, to stay licensed. So I'm a fully licensed master cosmetologist. Um, and so a lot of the information doesn't come from a background of understanding of hair the science of hair is just that's basic knowledge but a lot of people don't have that i won't say a lot of people some people don't have that and the information they put out it makes it i don't necessarily say it makes it hard but i find i have to have
1: to kind of like Make people unlearn the
0: uh... and and say, "Listen, I know you you you've heard this and you've seen this on on you know YouTube or you heard this from this particular person, and yes, they may have way more followers than I do, um, and that's fine. But I know hair, I know hair backwards and forward. Like I, I'll say, I'll ask them, I'm like." Next time you go to if you if you don't come back to me and you go to another stylist, ask them to break down hair. Tell tell them, ask them to tell you what are the three different um, layers of hair. If they can't answer that question, they don't need to be in your head.
1: Period. Interesting. Okay, so. You already let me know that I don't necessarily know the the standards of hair, especially when it comes to like walking into the salon and meeting with someone. So um, I really liked everything you were saying. Cause I feel like there is a lot of, um, especially with Instagram, it's like, it's almost like with followers and likes equal facts. That's how people think of it, but it's not really the case. You know, Cause people repeat, repeat, repeat to the point where they don't know if they're repeating truth or just something else that someone happened to say. That's like, the downsides of the internet and everything mm-hmm. but um
0: it's like those memes that 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 people make and it'll say um uh this person you know uh died at age 52 for whatever reason then they're like oh no that was fake
1: right and then right. you're like,
0: oh, and then you, you posted this on your page like man so and so died like yeah no that was fake right now right. you're on vacation <laughs> <laughs> Oops, my bad so you have to do your research like i tell my clients you know consultation is not just for me to explain the locking process it's also a time for your for this client to get a feel for my personality get a feel for the stylist personality get a feel for their salon environment do you feel comfortable um are you are you comfortable with being in this environment for an extended period of time? Because most of the time, lot lock, getting lots done, depending upon what style you're getting, you're going to spend anywhere from an hour and a half up to eight plus hours, depending upon, again, what you're getting. So um, are you comfortable in that environment? Um, do you even mesh with that stylist? Do your personalities clash or do they do they work together? Um you know, uh, how knowledgeable is that stylist? How clean is their environment? You know, uh, there, so there's a lot of things that I feel like, you know, the consultation gives, gives the time and the, it's, like I said, it's like an interview. I'm interviewing you as a client and you should be interviewing me as a stylist. Mm-hmm. That's a job. We're both applying for a job. I'm applying to do your hair and you're applying to be my client. So I look at it from that perspective. And I think when people look at things from from a a perspective of business, then it becomes a lot easier to to uh, figure out which way you want to go with it.
1: Interesting. So what would you say is one question that you wish that people uh, would ask you without you prompting it?
0: Hmm. that's a good question I would say how long have I been doing hair simple question but not a lot of people ask that people, oh, yeah. a lot of clients will just hop in a chair and get their hair done and, and start their lock journey and for me I am a energy person, I believe in, you know, the energy you you receive from the the outside world, like from music, entertainment, whatever it is, reading, whatever it is you take in, that information is going to be spread to those people that are around you. So I'm very cognizant of music I listen to, the movies I watch um, the articles I read, the books I read, things of that nature. So that when I'm, I have a client in my chair, I can give them nothing but good, positive energy. And so a lot of times people, they will just sit down in somebody's chair and let them do their hair. And I'm like, lots is such an intimate thing. You know, I'm, I'm having to take this time to create your foundation. You know, your foundation are you building a house or are you building a skyscraper what you building mm. <laughs> i build skyscrapers so <laughs>
1: <Our> i <architect>, take angie
0: <laughs> right okay
1: i like that i like that a lot that Thank actually you. reminds me of um so in episode nine i believe it was good um dondo cafele He's kind of sharing some of the same things. It's really that relationship. He's a
0: lactation out in New York. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, I'm familiar with Fondo. Oh, yeah. King L- oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's like that's like the mentor. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: How does it let you know his book? Yeah. Yeah, you love that word. But, yeah, I man, he's kind of saying um, some similar things, about how it's really a relationship. People really just don't even think about it. They just, like, mm-hmm. pop in. Let me get a style. But I think you and him are kind of speaking some of the same languages, it's like it's it's more than just retwisting or doing a style. It's really getting to the health of hair and mm-hmm. making sure the relationship between loctician and client is um is, is there and appropriate and good for both of y'all. Absolutely. Yeah, it is a long time to spend with each other doing hair. Right? <laughs>
0: absolutely, absolutely. I had, like I said, I've been in the industry for, you know, 13 years and I literally have clients that have been with me that entire time. And so, um, it's just amazing to see like their growth. I got some clients hair down today, but you know, some clients, you know, they keep the hair trim mid back and whatnot, but it's literally a relationship I've, I've, I've helped some of my clients improve their credits for free information, you know, stuff that I've learned over, over my, my thing, over my, um, journey, um, I just give it. You know, here, here's this. So you're not paying just for a style and and maintenance. You're paying for my wisdom, my knowledge, the things that I've learned. I've had several clients to start businesses and I've helped them along the journey of this is what you need to do in order to get a business um, started. Um, I have one and they're actually not a client. They're a friend of mine, but they uh, started a waterline. And use one of my, my, my friends. It was like a friend and a friend. They didn't know each other. I put them two together and now they, they had NASCAR. They got a whole NASCAR car with the water company plastered all over the car. So I was like, you know, but it's just a matter of, I like to pour into people. I like seeing my clients grow and prosper. You know, seeing my clients get different jobs, um, you know, get promoted I, like I said, start businesses, buy homes. I've given them, you know, tips on how to buy a house, how to, you know, how to save money on rent. You know, right now you have a lot of people that are renting. So I'm like, listen, this is what you do. You grant this and, you know, I drop, drop knowledge because I feel like, again, what I pour into my clients helps them to grow in, in their personal relationships in their work relationships and their relationship with self. And I really just love seeing my people grow and when they leave, they come in with a heavy heart, but they walk out with just full of joy, full of light, full of good energy, and that's to me that's more than them paying me for getting their hair done. like I could care less about that uh, but to know that they they feel relieved and that they're they can go out and tackle the world like like Goliath. With the sword and <laughs> be like, what? Bring it. I'm ready. So that's that's my joy when it comes to doing hair is being able to plant seeds and watch those seeds grow into full trees and, or fruit bearing trees. Now they can eat and eat for days and years later, you know?
1: That's what's up. Helping clients grow trees. <laughs> that's what's up. I'm about to book some time in your booth, yeah. <laughs> I got to go to you and got to go to Cofelio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, cool. All right. So I want to go back just a little bit because you mm-hmm. mentioned something that really kind of shook me like, oh, okay, interesting. You mentioned like most people don't even know about the three different layers of hair. Uh, can you break that down for us?
0: Okay. So – when it comes to hair, you have three layers. You have um, the outermost layer, the inner layer, um, and the innermost layer. So the outer layer is the cortex. Um, that is, I'm sorry, the cuticle layer. So that's the outermost layer. So like if you were to take one strand of hair, not a lot, but sometimes you'll have like a loose hair that's sticking out. You probably can't really see, but you get one strand of hair and you run it up, the hair strand opposite from the follicle. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to feel, you'll probably feel bumps and lumps and things of that nature in, in on the lot. I mean, on that strand of hair, uh, which those are your cuticles. So if it's bumpy, that means your hair is dry um, and it needs moisture. Um, so the next layer is the cortex layer. So like people who get color, um, a hot oil treatment, or a deep conditioner where they sit on the dryer or under a steamer with the, the conditioner in their hair, um, that opens that cuticle layer up to the cortex layer, which allows the hair to receive that color, that oil, that, that penetration of um, moisture. Then you have the medulla. The medulla is the innermost layer. Um, and that is um, the, the area where, all of the everything that comes into the hair goes into the medulla. So, like with locks, <clears throat> because they are a thicker strand of hair. Sometimes at the end of a lock, you'll get a pith, um, and the pith is those little balls. Sometimes it could be a little little ball. Sometimes it can be as big as like maybe like that, um, and. What that is, is the medulla acts as like the filtration system. So what it does, it takes all the stuff that it, the hair doesn't need and it drops it down into that pith. So that's why I tell people it's, you have, you need to get trims, not every year, but every, other year or so um, with locks, because locks—you know—you don't have split ends with locks. But you'll get those little pips So sometimes you just need to go in and trim that off. It's just the stuff that your hair doesn't need. It's just like, ah, uh, I don't need that. I call it the boo boo of the hair—that <laughs> little pith. So, so you have the the cuticle, the cortex, the medulla, and the pith. Okay. The piff is not really. The pith only is on locks. But for hair in itself, you get like I said, you have the cortex, um, the cuticle, the cortex, and the medulla.
1: That's huh. that. <laughs> what you mean by it's a science to hair, okay.
0: It is a science of hair.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. That's that's really interesting. See, I didn't know that. And some of the things I could see some of the advice I've gotten with hair, but now I understand more so why. Like the trimming, mm-hmm. for example. Always hear yeah, trim your hair, keep it healthy. But just say that never really understood why but yeah go ahead and do it but now that i know this it's like okay yeah let me make sure that i'm doing it when i need to do
0: it Mm -hmm. and okay like it's like you know trimming the hair um and i i I make this correlation to my clients and they look at me and just laugh and i'm like you know sometimes you just gotta take a (laughs) laxative You gotta get rid of the shit in your life, okay?
1: Facts. <laughs> so Facts.
0: getting rid of the shit that your life is like. Listen, no, I, I don't want this. Get rid of it. It's weighing mm-hmm. me I can't be my vibrant self or whatever. So oh, <laughs> I keep it transparent with my clients, and they like, girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were just telling me about the trim. It time for the laxative. Let's go. <laughs> Hey, I wanted to take a quick break to share a new deal for y'all. So if you're in ATL or know someone in the ATL area with locks, Angie Sky is offering a discount on our lock maintenance services. That's right, Angie, as in the Boss with Locks I'm interviewing right now. You know, she, she wanted to extend her um, support. You know, she's been a day one supporter since, like, literally day one. And she wanted to extend her love and support to everyone here in the Boss Locks Village. So, if you're in the area or want to come down, go ahead and book a session with Angie Sky and enter code Boss Locks 20 in the notes when booking your session. All you have to do is go to styleseat.com slash Sky that's Sky, S. K Y H H, and choose lock maintenance with two strands slash pipe set from the list of her services. Um, and we'll we'll have the link in the description, to make it super easy. Description on the site, everywhere. If you're on our email list, you'll get it there too. So, um, once again, enter the code in the notes section when you're booking your session, and she'll get you a discount when you check out. You know. Um, <laughs> She, as you, as you could hear, you know, she, she knows what she's doing. So, um, yeah, definitely let me know if you do book a session, I'll have a special note, a special message for you as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening and now back to our show. Cool. So, um, I'd like to kind of take us back 13 years to, uh, what was that? Two thousand three, or no, two thousand seven?
0: Jesus! Ah, oh, yeah, yeah two
1: thousand seven. Thirteen years ago. That's that's the year you started. Mm-hmm. Um, your professional journey as being a loctician. Um, do you remember, like, what led you to wanting to style hair? Absolutely. Yes.
0: I was working in corporate America, and. I had just, well, I had applied for a position within the company and had found out that I didn't get the position. So I was pissed. And I was like, I'm tired of having to work for a company and them telling me when I can work, how much I can make, um, where I can work and what I can do. And I said, I always had a passion for doing hair. You know, I was kind of, you know, playing in hair. You know, um, during this time, I was just, you know, not really um, taking it serious. So I went to hair school. You know, when I found out I didn't get positioned, first thing I did when I left left work that day was drive right down the street to the hair school and say, sign me up. How much it costs? Oh, who? How much? <laughs> can, can I make payments? Because... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, I didn't care at that point. I was just tired. I was like, I, I want to do something different. I want to change my life. I don't know how this is going to help, but I'm throwing my, my, my panties to the wind and saying, hey, let's go. Let's get it.
1: <laughs> I took that leap.
0: took that leap.
1: Man.
0: And here yeah. I am.
1: <laughs> do you remember what the job was that you were applying for?
0: Um... It was. I was working for a company called Auto Trader. I'm sure you've heard of Auto Trader. Yeah. Um, I was a trainer, and um, so I trained all of the new hires that would come in, and or that would come into the private seller department. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to leave the private seller department and move over to the uh, dealer side because the dealer side is where the bread and butter was for Auto Trader, and I was just like, "Well, dang." Um, if I get on the dealer side, they make more money, you know, their jobs a little bit easier. So it'll be cool. Like, yeah, yeah, didn't work out, (laughs) didn't work out, you know? And sometimes, you know, I, I look at it like I was pissed. I was so pissed. You know, a lot of times we get mad because things don't work out in our favor, or how we expected them to work out. But yeah. sometimes that monkey wrench that, that that most high is throwing in your in your in your path is to steer you away from what you've been doing, what you're comfortable with, to something that's uncomfortable, but it's what you are called to do. You know? Um it's when you when you when you experience it, you're like Lord. What did I do to get here? You're questioning, like, what? Why? Why? Why me? And then you're like, all right. You know, you ask what it is you need to do, and then he lays upon your heart what it is that you need to do, and you're like, all right. This, do you say this? What you said? I'm gonna go over here and do this now. I, I, I hope this works. <laughs> This this better work now, God. Get this together. <laughs> I don't know what I am gonna do if it don't work, but um, <laughs> man,
1: yo, that's that's really real though. That's real. So, do you think that that the job that you were applying for and like the the dealer division, do you think that it was um something you felt comfortable doing?
0: I did. I felt like I I could definitely handle it. Um, I had been mentoring. With um, one of the people that worked in that department months prior to me for that prior to that position even becoming available, Um, and so I thought I was a shoe in for it, uh, but find out that my supervisor, my manager, whoever he was, um, blackballed me. He said, because I was a, a pivotal p- person that they needed me in their department and they couldn't afford to let me go. And then c- like maybe a month later, if that, um, decided that they weren't going to hire any more new hires. So my position was eliminated. So I was just like, you know, this was going to happen. And you said, you, don't wow. want to you. OK okay, I see how we're playing the game. I got to play chess, not checkers. Okay, I was I was playing checkers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man. So, yeah. That's, wild. that's yeah. Wild. yeah. You know, that's crazy. Like, when you, when you experience something like that, you know, it's just like, but I can train somebody else to do what I do. Like, I trained all of these new hires you know right. all my new hires were getting rave reviews via the quality assurance department their scores were through the roof you know they they were everybody that came through my class um ended up getting like you know high reviews and their scores were high and their their numbers were better than the people who came in through other folks and so I'm like I get it I know what I'm doing I can train somebody else to do what I do right you know so why are you stifling me why won't you let me grow but again working in corporate America wasn't my thing and I didn't realize that at the time you know I was mad I was upset like man I just I just want to get ahead that's it I just want to get ahead why why I can't get a break Mm
1: mm-hmm man well, what a blessing in disguise. Because like, oh, I would have known? Because like I'm sure you had like before that moment, you probably had thoughts of like going deeper into like styling hair and taking care of hair professionally, right?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I had thoughts about it uh, years prior to me even getting that job with Auto Trader, um, and so you know I was like, eh, I don't really know. I wasn't really sure. But then you know over the course, I think it was like three years. No, it was over the course of five years, I had been laid off three times. And I was okay. like, I can't do this no more. I don't want to be at the beck and call of somebody else. Like, I need to earn my own money because this is not it.
1: Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. For my dad, he shared, um, like, and I guess getting laid off is kind of a normal thing. It's one time I came home. and was like, yeah, I just got laid off. And I was like, oh, and he looked at me like why are you looking like this? <laughs> it's just like, he's worked a lot of different contract roles. So he's like, learned to like, you know, shift with if that happens, mm-hmm. like, all oh, right, cool. And I just got to do this and get at it. But man, yeah, that's, it's interesting. Cause like jobs, we kind of look at as security, like get a good job with the benefits. You're good. You're safe. You've got,
0: mm-hmm. in, but
1: you know, a layoff. That's, comp,
0: that's not it. That's not, yeah. it. you know, these jobs are, they don't keep people like I remember working for I don't remember what company was, but I literally would watch people either get fired at the I think it was like at a eight year um, period where you know they would celebrate their their eight years and it was weird, it was like eight years, like you you could at least let them go to ten, you know. But it's like literally at the eight year mark, they were like fine they start start a case. And next thing you know, they're not here no more. And somebody else is moving into that position. Um, and either they were paying them less than what they were paying that person previous. Nine of ten is probably what it is. Um, you know, so I even had a situation like that. I was, again, I don't, it was like a mortgage company I was working for. And we were like loan processors. We started out as loan processors. And then they switched our position to collection agent collect that ain't what i do right i mean, they literally changed everybody's position to a collection agent I and mean, we had to collect upon these loans that we had issued um, and then after so many probably about a year in they they let go of all the people that came in when they first opened uh, or first bought the company Um, they let go all those people. I was one of those people. And then they had the nerve to put an ad in the paper for my same position, paying half of what I was getting paid. I was like, Mm. I was like, wow. Like my mom showed me the article. She was like, look, your job is in the newspaper. I'm like, what you mean my job in the newspaper? Like, like, they literally had an ad. Paying half of what we were, all the original people were getting paid, and I was just like, hmm. oh. "I was like, you could at least say, hey, you know, would you take a pay cut? You know, because right. we but already had the knowledge. True. Some people would have taken a pay cut, maybe not half, but some people would have accepted a pay cut. But mm-hmm. it's a doggy dog world really, business is it's about business. It ain't personal. <laughs> they say, yeah."
1: So that's interesting. So with that in mind, um, another thing I like to ask everybody who comes on is like, how or w- what does professionalism mean to you?
0: Professionalism. What it means to me is I am a business. I am a brand. Um, I look at my my business and my brand um, like a, a Coke or a, we'll we'll talk car since Tesla is doing their thing. You got Tesla, you got Toyota, you have, um, um, you know, Nissan, Chevy, you know, so you have all of these different brands. And I think about when, when I think about professionalism is what does your brand say to your clients or potential clients or customers What image are you putting out that states that I am a professional? Um, And a lot of times what I see with with some other pages is people mix business and personal. And so what I what I try to explain to, to some people is you have to think of yourself as a brand in order to garner that respect as a professional. So um, you look at uh, a Tesla's Instagram page, you're not going to see, you know, uh, Elon Musk uh, rolling up a, a joint, smoking a joint on his page. Nah, you're not going to see that on a Tesla page, maybe on his personal page. Yeah. But Tesla's page, you're not going to see that. You're not going to see um, him hanging out with his kids on the Tesla page like that. No, like that's you got business. You got personal so I think a lot of times people need to separate the personal from the business. In order to be professional, you have to come at it from a, a standpoint of this is about business. This is about my brand. This is about my image. This is about the message that I want to portray to the world. So I need to do and act in a certain Light and manner, because what you do is going to attract a certain type of um, clientele, you know, what or customer base. So if you're putting out certain images, then people are going to be like, oh, you know, I I only want to deal with that person. And then you get mad because it's like, well, I don't, I don't like these people because they're, you know, they're doing things that I'm not into. Well, look at what you're putting out. So you know, in order to be professional, you have to carry yourself like a brand, like a a major brand, you know, so compare yourself to, you know, think of yourself like a Tesla, think of yourself like a Toyota, think of yourself like a Ford and say, this is, you know, and, and kind of model what, what those people are doing so that you can have that image where people are like, you know what, I don't mind giving you X amount of dollars to do my hair. You know, sometimes when people have these, you know, uh, social media pages, they they're not professional and when you see you know just all of these other images that don't have anything to do with what it is that you're you're selling or promoting on your page people are like well you know now people want to negotiate your price but if it's if it's all business this is what I do this ain't a hobby this is this is this is 9 to 5 for people who understand working corporate America, you know nine to five, ten to ten to six, what you know, whatever your life may be. But this is what I do. I am this all day. Like I'm not playing in it. I am. I eat, sleep, drink, shit. This. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think my that's. Goodness. I think that's a my. Per- version of what professionalism is. This is one of the things that I learned as a, when I became an official business, because when I first started doing locks, I literally was, I didn't have a license. Um, I was traveling. So I had like a portable shampoo bowl and a chair that I kept in the car and I would drive people houses and do hair And so I wasn't paying any taxes. I wasn't, you know, I was so not legit. And then, you know, I started meeting people that were for real business owners and they started dropping knowledge on me and helping me to get my business a legitimate business. Now I'm registered with the state of Georgia, you know, um, I have a business license. I have an EIN number. I have a Duns and Bradstreet number. So I'm like a legit business um, that also pays taxes. (laughs) Um, um, So learning that from them helped me to understand that there's a difference between hustling and business. Huge difference. Now granted, a, a hustler can have a business mentality, but running a legit business and hustling, two separate things. Two different things. Had no idea. And it's scary. The business side is very scary. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of tedious putting in hours of information in. And once you get everything set up, it kinda goes smooth, but that initial setup, it is traumatizing. And I can understand why people run um illegitimate businesses because they they question a lot of your stuff. You know, they all up in your personal business. Mhm. So yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Do you think you
1: could have one without the other? I'm seeing the two different things like hustling and you know, like running a true business?
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you have it all the time. Y'all think about like, I mean, your drug dealer, um, he's a, he's a, he's he's a hustler. Like he, you know, the, well, I would say not the, 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 kingpin, but the guy on the street selling the drugs, he just hustling. He just trying to get, he's just trying to live to, for the day. He's trying to make it to tomorrow, you know, keep shoes on his feet, keep food in the house. Like he, He's not thinking long-term. Now, that kingpin, though, that kingpin is running a business. Even though it's illegitimate, he's running a business because he got people working for him. It's a whole process to it. So you can't have one without the other. Like, you have worker bees. Those worker bees, that's what they do. They work. You know, so when I hear a lot of people say, oh, get a business, get a business, get a business. Everybody had a business. Who going to work for who? Hmm? Right. You, you need worker bees and that is okay. It is okay to be, if that's your thing, if you're comfortable with being a worker bee, that is okay. We need you. Somebody needs you. May not be me, but you may need them, you know? So you need worker bees. You need people that are great at management, you know? So you, there's levels in a business and different segments of a, a, of a business. And so, you know, when you have, um, a CEO, they have to know how to delegate tasks to to the different people that are good at doing those tasks. So you can definitely have it separate, but it works better when it's run like a business. Mm-hmm.
1: I why you're explaining everything. I think this is really good for everyone to hear. You know, it's um, cause there definitely is a difference. I like how you kind of put it, like hustling to make sure you have food on your feet today versus you know building something that could last mm-hmm. years from now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: you know you look at the kingpin <clears throat> he got he got the uh the, the the penthouse suite in the middle of the city <clears throat> and he has another location out of the country somewhere you know whereas the guy selling um, drugs on the corner you know he got a little one-bedroom apartment you know and he just trying to make sure you know his his old lady did and she could eat and Maybe he got a baby and, you know, he's trying to make sure the baby got food and they good, you know. So he's not looking long term like all he sees is I want to be like whoever he's working for, you know, and the person that he's working for, he got, you know, a nice car and a nice house and he don't even live in that community where they serve me. (laughs) So when you look at it, you know from the the perspective of of, of, of drugs, and everybody knows about drugs, like, right? I
1: don't
0: know about drugs, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like it, just go back to sleep. I don't know. I mean, because there's been movies. Uh, y'all watch Power, right? <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> come on, y'all right.
1: yeah. see,
0: no, I don't, I, I don't know.
1: it'd be hard not to figure out like you really have to be trying to avoid it you know
0: right yeah Yeah.
1: Mm. so um I want to take a kind of a quick transition to um hear a little bit more about um well I guess first want to hear a little bit more about like your um your, your perspective on certain natural hair products and everything and then also just to dig a little into your natural hair journey so um for starters, natural hair products, like what is something that you would tell people to run away from? Like not necessarily a brand unless you want to, you know, blow the smoke, but like certain like ingredients that I think people should watch out
0: for. Um, I'm an ingredient person. So I look at certain ingredients to see if I want to use this in my hair, what what is this ingredient? So one of the ingredients that I would say steer clear from is beeswax all day. Beeswax is a no-go ever. So what I see a lot of times in the natural hair care aisle is, or section is you'll see products that say no beeswax. But if you flip that product over on the other side, and read the ingredients. There is another ingredient that they put in there, and that is also you should run the hell away from. <laughs> Throw it down on the ground and get <laughs> be gone. <laughs> be gone. <laughs> it's petroleum.
1: Oh, so it
0: may it'll say no beeswax, but the first ingredient or the second ingredient will be petroleum, and we know what petroleum is. That's that's right. it. You know how hard it is to get. Once you got Vaseline on your skin, that's yeah.
1: <laughs> like the heavy duty lotion.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, that's a, you know. Hey, I grew up on Vaseline, so oh yeah. You know, you go know outside, you all extra sticky and sweaty. Oh yeah. <laughs> you getting grass stuck to your leg? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all kind of dirt stuck to your leg. You getting in the, in the bathtub, but, baby? Why your bath water so dirty? Uh- <laughs> I was playing right. and, like, in the dirt and climbing trees. And I don't know.
1: <laughs> What's that mean?
0: Huh? And it ain't whatever me. I didn't do it. It's the gasoline. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, petroleum, uh, beeswax, mineral oil, olive oil. Olive oil is one that people like to think is a good oil. It's a good oil to cook with, but not for your hair. Reason being, olive oil has a shelf life. And that shelf life, I don't, I don't remember what the actual number is, but olive oil can go rank. Um, so in the, in the ingredients world, um, you have what they call rank, which means it goes bad. Um and what happens is it smells funny and becomes really tacky. So it's almost it turns into like a a beeswax. It turns into a beeswax when used in the hair. So I'm not a fan of olive oil. I don't recommend olive oil to be used in the hair. Like just no. Um yeah.
1: So you also said mineral oil. That's one. I would have assumed that you know, yeah, minerals. That sounds mineral
0: like oil, olive oil, beeswax, petroleum, all in the same family. Mineral yeah. oil is a is, a, a is the spirit airlines of oil. <laughs> 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 analogies. This is, this is what I do. I, I do right. queen. Yeah. <laughs> Was, okay <laughs> it's the taco bell of of mexican restaurants it's the McDonald's <laughs> of burgers
1: Gotcha. okay <laughs> all right yeah definitely definitely will not forget that all right so, petroleum <laughs> jelly mineral oil olive oil and of course beeswax you know beeswax is an interesting one because like like, I think, um, so I started my lock journey in 2007. And basically the recommendation was like, you know, use beeswax to start, or that everywhere. And I feel a lot of people start, see <laughs> so your eyes oh, <laughs> widening up, like, yeah, yeah. But I was like, I feel like a lot of people were giving that advice to start using beeswax. And I feel like everyone has that moment where they realize beeswax build up and just all this other gunk and just mm-hmm. stay sticky forever. It's mm-hmm. it's it's horrible. Um that's and one thing in particular I always tell people that like, yeah, whatever you do, just do not use beeswax. Don't do it. Uh, keep do that it. in the honey, that's it.
0: Don't do it. Yeah. And then anybody that's cosigns products that avidly use any of those ingredients, I would question their character.
1: Mm. And then drive down
0: to a Money? <laughs> Are you in it because you love what you do? you have a passion for making people hair healthy you know there's a difference huge
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I just envision you on this like platform with a congregation of locticians around you just at the <laughs> at the <laughs> podium just speaking to everyone like <laughs> what are you <laughs> here for <laughs> you
0: know I, I don't you know it's funny because I'm so like I, I just love what I do And (laughs) I just want people to have healthy hair. So I've had people to come in and be like, well, I want my style to look exactly like this. And I'm like, first of all, I'm an artist. So that would be plagiarizing. (laughs) Um, Second of all, you know, I'm going to do the style that is going to fit you. Now, we'll get it as close to that as possible. But understand that sometimes you may not have enough hair or you may have too much hair, you know, but me and my expertise and my knowledge in my my, um, field, I should be able to um, dictate, all right, this style won't work for you because da-da-da-da-da. And I can give you a good explanation why. Sometimes what I see is people come in, they'll get a style and you are like, well, I don't really like it. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it's not for your hair. Like, you know? Um, so I just, I pour into my clients and I take what I do seriously. Um, but what a, what a, what a laughing part. Cause I laugh a lot and I make jokes and whatnot, but, um, I don't, you know, people see me, put me on this platform and I'm like, I'm just me though. Like, who am I? You know, I, I, I just, I just, I do what I love. And there's a difference when you have a love and a passion for something versus you're doing this just to make money. Because you can see the love in the work. It is it is very apparent in the work and in what that person does. I just want money in the bank. Have no time for them. We just pray and say amen. Been here, boy since way back when. I just want money in the bank
1: now that is a wrap thank you so much for tuning in to the boss lots podcast where we redefine professionalism elevate black voices and prove that natural hand professionalism do coexist now if you enjoyed today's show i want to get to know our guests a little bit more check out the links in the, in the description you'll go to our website you'll see all the different places where you can connect with our guests and while you're there Go ahead and check out the rest of your site. You know, if you're a first-time listener, this is the best place to learn more about Boss Locks and everything that we've got going on. And also in the description will be a link on how to support our show. That's right. You know, I know you've been asking for a while about the, be- the best ways to support our show. And I've dropped a few things here and there, but I finally put together a little something on our site with all the different ways that you can support us by joining the Boss Locks Village, which is our Patreon page. Um, joining the working while black group and just continuing to spread the message matter of fact if you want to know the best way to support our show is by telling a friend to tell a friend i mean it's um this these are shows with a lot of gems and advice that i truly feel will help people um pursue growth whether you're a black professional or not This is information that's basically free game. And I think um, the more people who hear it, the more people who will be able to help really support the change that we need today and in the future. So once again, thank you for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday for our next
0: episode. If I pull up in the German, I, I want the best version Trying to kill bills like Uma Thurman, Uma Thurman Money in the bank, money in the bank I just want money in the bank, money in the bank I just want money in the bank, money in the bank I just want money in the bank, I just want...